Welcome to another edition of the SC Time Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we're through sections. A lot has changed since the last time we podcasted last Wednesday. Uh, we're talking here on a Friday morning, and we have, you know, all our state qualifiers. It's been determined. Uh, uh, you know, I'm excited to to kind of let everyone know where we stand at this point. Yeah, no, it's been a hot and busy week. Um, this past week, but it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of memorable moments, some really good performances by a lot of different players in the local area. And yeah, like you said, just excited to let everybody know where we kind of stand as we get ready for state tournaments next week. Yeah, we have three baseball teams going, one softball team, um, a couple, a couple individuals and athletes we already know in track and field. We'll, we'll know the rest on Saturday um, with some of the two A schools. And then I'm a handful of golfers too. So uh, a lot happening all all between uh, Tuesday and Saturday next week that um, we're going to keep our eyes on. But I think where we need to start after you were at, you saw three section champions yesterday in three games. So pretty good, pretty good run for you there yesterday over at the Mac. Uh, We had Sartell and Sauk Rapids Rice both qualify um, for state in the morning with their section championships in 5-3A and 8-3A. And then a little bit later in the afternoon, you got to see Albany um, advanced out of Section 6-2A. Um, all of those teams, too, going undefeated in Section Play 2 was, was probably the most impressive part. Um, along with Sartell Softball, one undefeated, too, who we'll get to a little later. But, um, you know, I, we would love to talk about every single game that's happened since we last did, like I said, last Wednesday. Um, but I guess start with those two games, Sartell and Sock Rapids. They were playing at the same time. Um, so I know you kind of bounced back and forth with Dave between those. What what were kind of the, the big highlights to you in those? What kind of led them to get those section titles? Yeah, originally Sock Rapids was supposed to play on Wednesday night, but after sitting there for probably about 30 to 45 minutes, um, hurricane, tornado winds, uh, rain, thunderstorms, all kind of came through and scared the living crap out of me in the, in the press box that Dick puts field. Um Luckily, Sock Rapids AD Nadine was there, so we were able to kind of chit-chat for a little while. But uh, they moved the game over to 11 a.m. on Thursday, which was the same time as the Sartell-Ricori game. So, like you said, kind of back and forth, Dave and I were able to get, get to both games and get some photos and be able to watch some of, the, some of the highlights from both of the games. But for the most part, starting off with the Sartell-Ricori game, Sartell was the winner's bracket. Ricori was the loser's bracket. So Ricori did have to win twice if they wanted to get to that state championship or state tournament. But Sartell kind of just went off right away. Um, they knew that they wanted to score right away. They they had a hard loss against the Spartans uh, earlier in the regular season. And they, they the one thing that they knew was they needed to jump on Ricori quick. Um, and one of the benef- benefits was, was, since Sartell went through the winner's bracket, they didn't have to use as many of their pitchers compared to Ricori. So Ricori already used Brady Blattner and Brady Lynn on Tuesday. So they, they were kind of a little bit more down in, in the sense of they lost their number one and number two starters. Um, and they would have to use kind of a combination of many different players for pitching. So right away, the biggest thing was, was they took advantage of errors. Um, Sartell did. Ricori had a couple errors in the middle of the innings and that kind of scored three straight runs right off the get-go to get that 3-0 lead. And then Kalen O'Connell finished it off the inning with a two-run single, or two-run double 
And they, after that, they had a five, nothing lead and it was pretty much locked in after that. Um, Ricori did get a couple runs to make it, you know, a little close, but overall Tyler Phelps Hemish was just dominant on the mound. He pitched a complete game, only gave up four hits, gave up two runs. Sartell won eight to two um, in the, in that final final score. And Sartell was able to get to that state tournament a lot quicker, which was nice for me just because then I could actually write my story um, afterwards before deadline, but it was just a really, really good game by them. And that's just been what Sartell has been able to do all season long. They haven't, they haven't really been, um, they faced a couple, you know, close games and such, but these boys are just having fun. I mean, you could just tell it, they, you know, with whether that was a big, a big catch or just, you know, a nice hit or whatever it may be, they just, they love the game of baseball and you can see it just on the field and off the field. Um, Along with that, some really good leadership from, you know, Jack Greenland, as well as Kalen Lewis and Charlie Kent, the three of them kind of have guided this team in the right direction this year. They have the, the weapons to be able to get, you know, I would say a pretty good seed heading into the state tournament next week. Um, and it'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I think, I think they have a good shot of being able to get that first round win. Um, and then, you know, who knows what the semifinals can hold. Um, but from what we've learned from definitely the soccer rapids section, it's anyone's ball game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, them coming in as the number five seed, literally upsetting every single game they had to, they played a higher seed every single game, won all four games in their section. Um, they jumped out to a seven to nothing lead over number four seed St. Francis, who funny enough, I believe that was the opening round game, right? Was number five soccer rapids, number four, St. Francis. They ended up meeting again in the section championship, which I'm sure no one would have predicted. Um, and it was just kind of a crazy section for them the entire way. I know kind of going through the year, we talked about too, that, you know, even the top seeds in the section were only sitting around 500. Um, so it was a very, you know, kind of wide open race. Soccer Rapids, they had an under 500 record, um, you know, still, you know, they had it going in uh, to that section tournament, yet they came out on top first state appearance since 1989. I'm sure that I'm sure I didn't get to see the reaction to it, but I'm sure it was pretty exciting over there. Well, and unfortunately I didn't either because I was over at the Sartell game, but I did see gloves and hats flying above the stadium. So I'm sure they were really excited. Um, It sounded like what Dave told me was, you know, a big dog pile and, you know, kind of what you expect when it comes to winning a section title. But for them, it was, it was a really, really hard section tournament for them. I mean, like you said, they never had a home game. They always had to travel. They played at St. Francis and won. Then they played at Big Lake and won the number one seed, by the way. Then they went and played at Monticello, the number two seed and won. So they, they've never been at the, their home, home stadium this entire section tournament, which is crazy to think about. And they actually, and they, and they turned out to win, you know, um, it's just, it just shows you what a team is capable of doing. And, and for them, they got on a hot streak really quick on that section tournament. And one of the biggest reasons pitching Landon Lunzer was phenomenal in this section tournament. And they were, they were planning on pitching him in the second game. If they didn't, um, if they didn't win that first game against St. Francis on Thursday, but the, the, the starting pitcher for them on Thursday was Alex Heron. And he was very dominant. Um, they went, they, they got a seven to nothing lead halfway through the game. Um, so soccer rapids did just based with based around small ball. I mean, singles, doubles, 
nothing too flashy, just being able to get the ball or the bat on the ball and being able to execute really good runs when, you know, when it was needed. And I think for, for them, that was, that's been basically their bread and butter all season long. They haven't really hit a whole lot of like big home runs or, you know, anything like that. They play a lot of small ball and then they also rely on a really good pitching game. And Alex was able to do that very well on the mound. Landon Luncer came in into the seventh and closed it out um, to win it seven to four over St. Francis. But it, it's just, that's kind of their game. And, and when you went, when, when they came into the section tournament, I think they only had six wins on the season. Um, they, they had a couple of times where they had a lot of ups and downs and both Jeff Hill um, as well as many of the Sock Rapids players kind of agreed that with, with the game of baseball, there's a lot of ups and downs, but you can't like, you can't, go into your emotions that much, you know, you have to stay pretty calm, cool and collected. And that's what they've been doing the, the entire section tournament. And clearly it's worked out for them because like you said, 19, 1989 was the last time that they went to state and they probably won't get a big seed. They'll probably get one of the random draws just because of based on their, you know, seeding from section tournaments and their overall record. But like I said, I mean, they were the number five seed in the section tournament and they came out and won. So I mean, they're, they're used to being the underdogs at this point, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they came out fighting on Tuesday um, in that quarterfinals game. Yeah, and I mean, they were, you know, in a week and a half, they almost had as many wins as the month and a half prior, you know, six and 12 going into the tournament, four wins like that. Um, definitely riding high, and yeah, it just with these games, with some of the other section title games we saw too, it just shows how important it is to not have to ever fall into that consolation bracket. You don't run into pitching you know, pitch count getting too high. You don't run into, you know, back-to-back games, limited rest. Um, It's just such an advantage. You know, it's so unique, like we've talked about with baseball and softball, having that double elimination. But as we see, all four of our teams that won section titles all did it out of the winner's bracket. So um, it just continues to be important. The same was true, it seemed like, for the Albany game you were at at 4.30 yesterday. Um, Them getting another win over Piers. Um, You know, this one was – this whole section kind of – went up a whole lot differently than we expected when Foley lost two games in a row um, and just dropped out. And all of a sudden it kind of left a big void to see, uh, you know, who was going to take advantage. Um, and Albany as the number two seed definitely did that. They won six to one over peers yesterday. Um, and they, you know, they, it's their first time since 2008, which um, kind of surprised us too, just with, you know, the um, amount of kind of baseball tradition they have there too, but they've added to that state appearance total as well. I saw even like as the game was ending, they were putting up the sign. I saw a tweet of them like putting the sign up on the dugout um, at their stadium, adding that 2021 state appearance up there. Um, And it seemed like uh, another one that was done in dominant fashion. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the biggest thing was pitching. I mean, peers came in, they had, they didn't have their number one or they didn't have a bunch of their starters because they had to play them during the um, Tuesday games. And so the only, player that was left was one of their I mean it was their ace and they kind of saved them for this particular reason because they knew that they were going to be playing um, probably a, a pretty good team on Thursday but what they had to do is they had to jump out early and Brady Goble was was able to get um, a really nice shot to run homer over the left field fence um, and that kind of started the whole you know scoring aspect and then it was just a lot of smart play um, by the by the Huskies. They Ethan Navarro was on the mound. He pitched a complete game, kind of a broken record, honestly, because that's what he's been doing all season long. <laughs> um, but he 
he came in and, and he wanted to pitch really well against Pierce because the last time he gave up, I think, five or six runs. Um, they still won, but it was still a very close game, and he wanted to make sure he could get his curveball going right away. So got that going, and he did a really good job on the mound for um, for the Huskies. And then the offense kind of took over. They they Like I said, Brady got that two-run homer um, in the middle of innings, and then after that um, – Braden Einick kind of put the cherry on top in the seventh inning and hit a three run homer in, in the left field. And that kind of sealed the deal for them, honestly. And um, the other part was just really smart play. Um, Piers was not good on the base base paths um, on Thursday. They had a couple instances where, you know, a guy, an outfielder caught the ball for Albany and they didn't tag up and they had to run back to the base and they got caught and got that double play, which, is honestly a rarity, but that happened twice in, in this game, which shows that, you know, you got to be smart on the base paths, uh, especially when it's only a three to one game. I mean, it was a very close game and those types of, those types of things can really turn momentum. And it really did for the Albany Huskies. But yeah, like you said, they're going to be playing. Um, they're actually going to be playing at, in the, at the Mac um, next week, which is familiar ground for them because they played there, you know, obviously yesterday. So a little bit of some familiar ground for them, which will be nice. Um, and, it, and it's somewhat close to home so they can, you know, have those fans, those Albany fans coming out and being able to cheer them on, which will be really fun too. Yeah, no, that's definitely a big advantage for them with the quarterfinals and semifinals of class two a being at the Mac. Like you said, they played almost all their section tournament games there too. Um, so that'll, that'll be huge. And yeah, it's, and also looking at the pictures and reading your story, gosh, those haircuts are dreadful in the best way you know usually you get sometimes you get the mullet sometimes you get kind of like a fade but there's no fade it's just the sides are like down to the scalp and people got different things going on in the back on top I'm I'm excited to see what they look like on Tuesday because you said most of them had the haircut but a couple were still hanging on but with them all having it uh on Tuesday I'm excited I, I think that's where I'm going to plan to be on Tuesday is be at the Albany game so I'm excited to get some pictures of those guys and warm up some with their helmets off because you got to see it to believe it. <laughs> it was it was pretty good. They Ethan started it um, against Annandale and then it kind of rippled into when they beat Cathedral and then and then everybody said that if they go to state, everyone's going to get it. So yeah, it should be kind of fun to see what happens there. But uh, but yeah, like like we kind of said, when it comes to these games, we don't really know much about what's going to happen. We don't know their opponents. We don't know what time they're going to play. All we know is that Albany is going to be playing Tuesday at the Mac in St. Cloud. And then Sock Rapids and Sartell are going to be playing at the mini Met in Jordan on Tuesday. Um, quarterfinals are on Tuesday. Semifinals are on Wednesday. Third place game is on Wednesday as well. And then Friday, if they do make it to the championship game, those will be played. Um, class AA will be at one o'clock and class three a will be at four o'clock at target field. So on that Friday, but the main part is, is, you know, I know we talk about pitching and, you know, how it's a benefit when you go through the winner's bracket in the section play. Honestly, with this, you throw it out because there's really no, there's really no advantage because, you know, if you lose in the quarterfinals, you're done. There is no loser's bracket. So you have to win to keep going. And so, I mean, you're going to probably pitch your best guy on Tuesday. Then you're probably going to pitch your second best guy on Wednesday in the semifinals. And then you'll pitch your best guy on, on Friday. Um, so honestly, it should only take two pitchers if, if you're, if you have two aces, honestly. Um, but it's, and it's anybody's game. I mean, to be, to be quite honest, but 
all of those brackets and section seeds or um, not section state seeds will be coming out on Saturday. So I'll have a story coming out here this upcoming weekend. Make sure to stay tuned to sctimes.com for that um, as we get ready. But a lot of good teams um, in these couple um, of classes um, in section there in class AAA, you have Albert Lee, St. Thomas Academy, Matamidi, Sock Rapids, Wilmer, Grand Rapids, Sartell, and then the winner of Marshall and Mankato West, they play tonight um, for that particular section. But I mean, out of those, if you look at the latest polls and the top 10 polls for class AAA, Sartell was number three on that. Wilmer was number two. Matamidi was number five. Mankato West is number one. Uh, Marshall's number 10. So you have a handful of people, handful of teams that are probably going to be up in that one to four seed area. It wouldn't shock me if Sartell got a three or four seed uh, in my mind. I, I think um, Wilmer will probably get a higher seed than Sartell. And if Mankato West wins, they'll probably get the number one seed. So I think probably those two will probably get the, the top seeds. Sartell could be in that three to four range. And honestly, it wouldn't shock me. Sock Rapids might be playing Sartell in that first round, which would be kind of fun with that rivalry um, between the crosstown rivalry. But um, yeah, those, those into those different teams um, should have a lot of good competition. Um, Wilmer, obviously we've seen them play um, being in the central lakes conference as well as Sock Rapids. So you have three teams that are going to the state from the Central Lakes Conference. That just shows you how good these baseball teams really are. Um, and then in Double A, you have Plainview, Elgin, Millville. You have Belle Plain, Atwater, Cosmos, Grove City, um, Saint Agnes, Glencoe, Silver Lake, Albany, Aiken, and then the winner of between Purim and Wadena Deer Creek. And out of those teams. Um, Plainville, Eagle, or Eaglin, um, Millville, they're number nine. Um, Atwater, Cosmos, Grove City, they're number six. Um, Glencoe, Silver Lake, they're number seven. Albany's number four. And then Purim's number eight. So Albany could get a pretty good seed um, heading, into, heading into that um, state tournament. They actually probably have one of the tougher sections um, with Foley and with Piers. You have a lot of top ranked teams in that particular section. So it wouldn't surprise me if Albany got that two seed, um, maybe even that one seed. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. And they'd probably have a better, a pretty good path to getting to that semifinal and also that championship game if they really focus on it. Yeah, because the top couple seeds do actually get seeded. And then the last couple are just random draws that you go. So like you said, it could. If, if the cards fall right, you know, like you said, being a, a Sock Rapids Sartell state tournament game would, would really be something special, I'd say. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like you said, draws coming out um, this weekend. And also um, changing gears to softball as well. We only had one team make it to state, but it was uh, a really impressive win and run for them just throughout this entire year. Um, Sartell, they won 12 to nothing in five innings yesterday. Um, I was at that one for them to advance to state for the first time since 1985. And that's the only time they've ever been to state. So um, 36 years is a long time. And they finally broke that curse. Um, if, if you've been following them at all this year, how it happened isn't too surprising. Cammy Dougherty on the mound only gave up three hits, no runs. 
She blasted two home runs again after three home runs last week against Sock Rapids. Um, she just continues to be just kind of incredible out there. And, you know, the difference between we've been talking so much about pitch counts and which pitchers you throw, the beauty of softball is that that doesn't apply. You can just keep throwing. So if you have someone like Cammy that um, can be that consistent and can keep going, um, she threw every single pitch for them, all three wins in Section 8, 3A. And I'm sure she'll be pitching their first game at State as well and probably every game if they have their way. Um, and she just continues to, you know, she had – I can't remember how many double-digit strikeouts I think the game almost you were at. Not quite since she only pitched four innings, four or five innings, but she had four yesterday. Um, she had a lot against Alexandria, two and a 10 to five when we were at on Tuesday. Um, and it's just incredible what she continues to be able to do for them. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, going to that, that Thursday game a couple weeks ago, I mean, she was a star. She pitched a no-hitter. She had three three-run home runs. I think she's had – I think if you add it all up, I think she had 16 RBIs and five home runs offensively over the course of those three games. And then on top of it, like you said, the pitching performance, I think she struck out 13 or 14 Alexandria batters on that Tuesday. Um, I mean, she's just dominant. I mean, she's so good. And um, Dave was Dave Dristy was kind of joking with me after Tuesday. He's like, yeah, I think we're going to have her pitch on Thursday in that championship game. I was like, yeah, you think so? All right. It's probably a good idea. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, that's just, that's just who she is. She's so dominant. She has a great catcher with Raina Stangle. Those two have been basically catching, catching and pitching each other for, I don't even know how long, many, many years. Um, so no, definitely a, a, a big kudos to them for, you know, it's always tough being the number one seed because you have that target on your back. Same with Sartell, Sartell baseball. It's not an easy task to get through the, the section tournament with being the number one seed. Um, obviously you saw it with, with Folia in, in the Albany bracket. I mean, that, that pressure kind of starts to mount a little bit and eventually you, you collapse a little bit. And so um, Sartell will, will have some tough, tough games ahead in state tournament. But it it's a big shout out and a big kudos to them for being able to get to this point. Yeah, and you know, especially um, you know, some of those other games, you know, Cammy was throwing, you know, double digit strikeouts. The defense didn't uh get a chance to be involved too much. Yesterday they were really great. I mean, especially Megan Dristy at third, Ava Williams at shortstop. They're making a lot of plays. They were backing up her uh Cammy really well in that one. Um, and it just kind of all came together. They scored five runs apiece in the first and second innings, so we're up 10-0. Um, Alexandria had a chance to score zero outs, bases loaded in the third. It looked like they might be kind of mounting a comeback. Uh, but another thing, like you talked about earlier in, in this show, was a miss on kind of the base running, and they forgot to tag upright. Um, they got thrown out at third. So all of a sudden then it was two outs, and it was still a 10-run game. Um, completely swung the momentum, and at that point it was pretty clear that Sartell was kind of going to run away with it. Um, and this also came after Alexandria had just played almost three hours against Bemidji and just a crazy 10 to nine extra innings game. So, um, another advantage of being in that winner's bracket, they're playing at their home field. They could be in their home gym in the AC while they're waiting and, you know, getting hits in, getting pitches in. Um, it really just throughout the whole section tournament yesterday, it just seems like it couldn't have really gone better for Sartell, you know, to be able to make the run like they have, they've only you know, they only lost two games this entire year so far. Um, it's just been incredible. And, you know, the fact that all these girls, um, as you've talked to them throughout the years, they told me yesterday, you know, this is something they've been 
thinking about since, you know, before high school when they were playing in like 8U together, the parents all, you know, parents, coaches kind of thought this group could be special. Um, and, you know, they accomplished it. They were kind of hoping that um, last year would be a chance too with a lot of them, you know, as juniors and sophomores kind of um, to get two shots at it. Well, that didn't work out. So they only, only had this one shot and, and they took advantage of it. So that was really cool to see. Yeah. And it's, and it's definitely cool to see, like, like you, we were kind of talking about this morning. It's just crazy to think that it's been that long since they've gone, like they've gone to state, not just Sartell softball, but like all the teams that, that won. I mean, I, like I, like we kind of said earlier in the podcast, Albany, I'd never expected it to be 2008. I mean, with just how big their baseball tradition is, I, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, but all of them are super happy to be a part of it because they get to represent their school, which is, and that's the one thing that I, that's kind of the common denominator that I, I got from every single coach and athlete yesterday when I was covering all the games, they just, they really care about it. And, you know, Sartell, Sartell is very known for a lot of um, other sports in the sense of dance, swimming, gymnastics, all that type of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see that baseball and softball are, are put on the board right now and they're able to showcase some of that talent as well. Um, but in that section or in that state tournament with, with Sartell, you're going to have Winona, Mankato West, um, St. Anthony Village, Becker, Benilde St. Margaret's, the winner between North Branch and Sasago Lakes, as well as the winner uh, between Holy Angels and Creighton Durham Hall. And this tournament is stacked. I mean, it is insanely stacked. A lot of these teams are the number one seeds in the section tournament. Um, Winona's number four in in the latest poll. Mankato West is number one. Um, St. Anthony Village is number three. Becker's number 10. Benilde St. Margaret's number eight. Sartell's number seven. Um, Chisago Lakes, number five. So honestly, if, if Chisago Lakes wins, there would only be one team out of this entire thing that doesn't have, that wasn't ranked in the top 10 in the latest poll. So that just shows you how stacked this, this, this lineup is. And honestly, Sartell could be getting a lower seed just because of the fact that all these teams made it. So Sartell could be playing, you know, maybe number four, number five, I would say would probably be where they stand, but um, yeah, be interesting to see how, how the seeds unfold on, on Saturday for this particular bracket. Yeah. And you know, the only reason that number two Mankato East isn't in there is they were with number one Mankato West. And I think I saw that went like, I think that went three games too. It went to a winner take all game. So that section, I'm sure that was crazy in Mankato, you know, seeing that battle of kind of cr- crosstown teams as well. But yeah, it's like you said, I mean, they might be sitting around that that four or five seed or even close to, you know, depending how, you know, they seed them, coaches vote, they could almost drop down to that random draw and could even have to face, you know, one of the top teams in that first um, in that first round. So, like you said, I, I'm excited to see kind of how these other teams view Sartell season two, how they're able to roll through these teams. You know, I think it was 19 and two they are right now on the year. Um, a really impressive record. They've been pretty good in the QRF, too. So. Um, yeah, a, a lot happened. And one last thing too, is Jaden Tester, um, left fielder. She was three for three at the plate with a double and two singles. I think they had three or four players with multi-hit games, um, multi-runs. I mean, it's just up and down the board. They're just so great at the plate and in the field. And that's kind of what got them this far. Definitely. Yeah. As for all the coverage, I mean, we've been putting out section notebooks on a 
daily basis. We've had, I think, five different galleries, five different stories over the course of the last 24 hours. Um, there is plenty of coverage on sctimes.com for you to look at. I've been tweeting out quite a bit of uh, the stories as well, as well as Zach has too. Um, so make sure to follow us on, on Twitter. Next week, we'll be roaming around all these different places as best as we can. Um, so, I mean, make sure to follow us on uh, at SC Times on Twitter, as well as at Zach, um, SC Times Zach, which is his Twitter um, Twitter feed. And then mine is at Brian Mosey. So, and then we're, we're going to be putting up plenty of stuff this weekend with section turn or state tournament seeds, um, as well as just kind of what to expect as you get ready for next week. Um, and then we'll have plenty of coverage on Tuesday and Wednesday, as well as the rest of the week um, with track and golf and such, which we'll get to in the next, in the next segment. But, um, but yeah, lots of stuff coming, lots of stuff already done. So make sure to keep checking out sctimes.com for everything that you need regarding these local teams. Yeah. And you know, the hard part too, is that um, there might be some that are the exact same time as others. Um, so if we're, if we're not at your state game, don't take it personally is what I'd say. We're, we're going to be trying to run around um, the best we can, but if there's, you know, one game in Jordan at 11 AM and there's one game in Mankato at 11 AM, you kind of just got to flip a coin and see what we're going to be. So um, we're hoping the schedules work our way, but uh, like you said, we'll find that out this weekend. So um, that about wraps up a, a very long first segment on baseball and softball, but um, that's what happens when four teams qualify for state in a single day. So um, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back on the other side, we're going to finish up the show today with talk of some state qualifiers already in track and field, um, what to look at at the section meet here on Saturday, and then also uh, what golfers made it to state. So um, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Like we said, we're going to get a little bit into here to wrap up the show, track and field athletes, um, and also golfers uh, that qualified for the state meet. Um, for track and field, uh, Section 82A, which is Tech Apollo with Corey Sartell Stock Rapids, um, they held prelims on Wednesday at Sartell, a couple qualifiers from that one. And then the finals are all going to be uh, the rest of the finals and all the relays, some of the field events, those will all be Saturday. So we'll um, know at the beginning of, uh, you know, kind of next week where they all seed out to, I think, uh, all this, all the state, um, events at the state meet get seated out on Wednesday, I believe. Uh, I'm sorry, not Wednesday, Sunday. Um, so we'll know Monday when I get back kind of, uh, where everyone's going to slot in and kind of where they expect to, to be seated. But, um, I was out at St. John's on Wednesday for the section 5A track meet, which is all mean cathedral. Um, that one started. Started at 9 a.m. They moved the two-mile races up to 9 a.m. because it was so hot. Um, so they wanted them to run in the morning, not have to run, you know, middle of the afternoon. 
um, when it's, you know, 98 degrees outside, like it was for a lot of the events. Makes sense. You know. So, and you know, we had some of our teams had success in that, uh, senior Christine Kaltoff, she was second in the two mile for Albany and cathedral junior Turner Shad, uh, was second in the two mile for cathedral. So, um, the top two finishers in each individual event, and then also the top two relays, um, relay teams in each relay, um, qualify for the state meet. And then if it's anyone else that hits a certain, you know, really impressive qualifying time, which, uh, didn't really come into play much in this meet, but, um, that's also always kind of the standard for track and, um, the, the long distance success kind of continued too. um, girls four by at Albany. Um, they won that one, Olivia Gable, who's a freshman. She was, she, when she took the final baton, she was right behind cathedral, um, in second. And then she just ran a crazy fast last 800 meters to win that one. Uh, she also won the mile by over 17 seconds, um, almost set her own school record that she set earlier this year. So, um, she's definitely someone to keep an eye out at state. And then, um, on the boys side too, um, cathedral boys four by eight and Albany boys four by eight made it to state, um, cathedral kind of ran away with theirs a little bit easier. They took first, um, and kind of have a, uh, a feature I'm working on, on one of their athletes too, for next week, um, that I'm really looking forward to writing about kind of a cool story after a, a metal condition. So, um, make sure to look forward to that, but, um, and as well, Albany, they were, they were down in third by a little bit when Grant Mares took um, the baton for his final leg, and he ran one of the fastest 800 legs that I've seen. I think he said his first lap was about a 54 seconds, which would be you know a decent time in the 400 even. And uh, I think usually, I mean, he runs the – he won the 800 too to qualify for state and right around 159, so – for that, you'd expect about, you know, one minute each lap. We ran in 54 and then you could tell, and he easily passed for second place, but then you could tell when he got to that last hundred meters, he literally had expended everything he had. He kind of came stumbling across the line, basically just threw his body over to finish the race um, and get his team to state. So that was a really cool moment too. So um, yeah, a lot, a lot of success in the long distance event. There were a couple others that just missed out. Um, Hope Schuler in the hundred for cathedral and 200, she was third place by just, you know, 0.02 seconds, I think in the hundred and, um, not much in the 200 either. And then Albany and cathedral, um, Albany girls, cathedral boys, they were both third by just really small margins in the four by four relay too. So, um, a lot of good performances in that one, but, um, yeah, the, the long distance success is really what kind of both those programs carried and, um, going into next week on Thursday, it's going to be the two mile, uh, for all divisions, Friday's the class, a meet. boys in the morning, girls in the afternoon. And then Saturday will be, um, the class two, a meet. same with boys in the morning, girls in the afternoon. So, um, a lot still coming up in, uh, section eight, two A as well. We had a couple state qualifiers, Sam Brewer in the two mile. He finished second, um, continued to drop his time even more from, um, the personal best seat set this year. Uh, Justice Florin from Sock Rapids in the long jump made it 17 feet, four inches. Um, she beat out Noel Hackenmuller, I think it was by 0.25 inches, if I remember right, to get that final state qualifying spot. So really narrow there in the long jump. Um, and then Evan Flores from uh, Sartell in the pole vault. He's really been upping his times recently. He, I think he jumped 13.3 he vaulted last week. Um, and I think he got second with 13 feet, one inch this time around. So um, he'll be going to stay as well. All three of those um, were second place finishers that already punched their tickets and um, I know you're going to be keeping an eye on Saturday, kind of on 
the results while I'm gone to, to see what other people we see. The, the one that kind of stood out to me probably the most is in the 200. All, they have three Apollo sprinters that all qualified for the finals in that event. Um, and their four by one team should be really good, especially David Boyd in that 200. He had the top seated time um, and set a school record the previous week. So um, I'd expect to, to add to that list quite a bit of uh, state qualifiers after Saturday. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the times. Um, obviously, we'll be there because it's in Fergus Falls, but looking forward to seeing some of the times on on Saturday and being able to hopefully have some more you know, state qualifiers for Saturday and keep me busy on Saturday. I, I always like that, so not a bad Yeah, one. especially because, you know, next – it sounds like Thursday for those two-mile races, I'm going to take that alone. Friday, we'll get to both be there um, all day covering uh, Albany Cathedral unless we have a state baseball team in the, the – you know, state finals at target field, then we might have to figure out which one of us goes where, but, and that sounds like Saturday, you're going to be all alone for um, that class two a meet. So um, we'll both get a little taste of it each day um, and kind of bring all the results there for, for all the local athletes. Definitely. And kind of um, turning a little bit into the last state tournament that we'll be covering over the next week, um, boys and girls golf. Um, last week we had, a couple qualifiers. I think we we might have mentioned it on the last podcast because it's been that long. Um, <laughs> but I think we mentioned the fact that Logan Logan Hammock is going to be going to state for Sartell um, in Class Two A, and then or Class Three A. Sorry, my apologies. Um, class Three A, which will be in Coon Rapids at Bunker Hills Golf Course in Coon Rapids, um, but then. The ones that we didn't get to last week that were just starting up on Friday and finishing on Monday, which Zach went to on Monday of this of this week, kind of insane to think that that was this week because uh, <laughs> we've been so focused on baseball and softball the last few days. Um, but yes, Monday, Cathedral, Ricori, and Albany took um, took on the Blackberry Ridge Golf Course for their Section Six AA um, golf meet. And we had a couple people that made it. Zach, just maybe kind of talk about what you saw um, on the course on Monday and, you know, how it kind of all unraveled. Yeah, I was able to kind of catch I tried to set up the time, especially since, you know, they golfed for about four hours in once again, 90 degree heat. So um, I made the executive decision to try to get there for the last couple holes to catch all of them kind of as they finished up 17, 18 and stuff or eight, nine, depending on if they started on the front front nine or back nine. So um, I got to see the guys first kind of finish up. Uh, the top finisher of our local teams was Drew Schneider. He finished second um, with a 71 in the final round, which um, it was seven strokes better than his Friday score. So um, he was really, he was a bit behind first, but also way ahead of third place. So um, kind of on his own there. And he just said that he was a lot more consistent, hit a lot more greens than he did um, on Friday. So he had a really good performance Monday to lock up second place. Um, Cathedral junior Leo Wershe, he also dropped two strokes off his first round score. He finished fifth overall to also make it as an individual to state. Um, so both those guys, great rounds. And these guys were kind of leaders for their team all year, both of them. And they continued to step up when it mattered most um, in the section tournament. And, you know, this is a course that all of our local teams have played three, four, five times this year in preparation for this. Um, so they're really familiar, and it seems like a course most of them really like. It has, you know, some some that are really wide open for some holes, some that have a lot of trees, kind of wooded more. So 
um, a pretty popular course, but um, on the girls' side, Albany was the one that really stood out. Albany senior Abby Phelan, she took home top honors with a final round of 83. She won by one stroke. Um, and the second best score of the day was her teammate, Brooke Lemke, um, with an 84 that day, and her two-day total put her um, in fifth place. So while they weren't able to qualify um, as a team, Albany, they finished second. Um, they are able to send both of those individuals. Um, I think it'll be Abby's second time. She won with the team two years ago, and then Brooke will be her fourth time actually um, competing at the state meet overall. So um, really good days for them too. Um, yeah, all them, all the ones that qualified, you know, they they put in their – they improved their rounds almost across the board from Friday to Monday um, and didn't let the pressure really get to them down the final stretch there too. Uh, to make sure they were able to, to qualify for state. Definitely. And for the schedule, as for um, state tournaments next week, Tuesday and Wednesday will be the tournament round for both boys and girls. Like, like I said before, for boys golf, Logan Hammock from Sartell, he will be at Bunker Hills and Coon Rapids. That starts up at noon um, on Tuesday, as well as noon on Wednesday. And then for the boys golf class double A, which includes Ricori's Drew Schneider and Cathedral's Leo Wershay, um, they, w- they will be at the Ridges at Sand Creek in Jordan at noon on Tuesday and Wednesday. Beautiful golf course. I actually played there my section tournament back in high school, back in the olden days. Um, and really, really nice one, but a lot of water. So did you find that out personally? It sounds like, yeah, yeah. I, I might've, I might've gone into the tournament with like 15 golf balls and I came back with one. So you can, you can, you can kind of do the score in your head of what that might've ended up as. So, um, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm sure they'll play a lot better than I did. So, um, and then for the girls, um, Abby Thielen and Brooke Lemke from Albany, they will be playing at Ridges at Sand Creek as well. They actually start really early in the morning at 7.30 in the morning, um, and that will be on Tuesday and Wednesday as well. I think our plan is is we're not going to cover anything on Tuesday just due to the amount of teams that we got to go cover for baseball and softball. But Wednesday, um, we'll be kind of looking at some of the leaderboards to see who is making that good run um, to be maybe top 10, top 5. I know Logan is eyeing that top spot. Um, he finished third two years ago in 2019. So never know what could happen um, as we get ready for the 2021 state tournament. So, but yeah, no, definitely going to be some, some good matchup or good, good meets these next couple of days or these next few days um, as we get ready for the state tournament next week. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that about wraps up for everything that's still happening. Um not sure when we're going to podcast next. That's a great question as well. Um, we'll have to see. Maybe we might do one maybe Thursday or something. That's kind of a little bit of a lull and stuff before track and after some of golf and those initial rounds of baseball, softball. So that might be when we do it. Um, or we're just going to have to see. It's going to be really tough to find a time where we can both talk next week. But um, at some point we will record again. Um, over the next week or two and kind of fill you in on everything that happened um, this upcoming week with the finals of state tournaments. Yeah. And and I know for us, we did a big like section reveal um, when we got seeds and stuff for, for that. But 
unfortunately, just due to the fact that I work Saturday and I don't work Monday and Zach doesn't work Saturday and he works Monday. And then we get into the chaos of Tuesday with all the stuff. I don't think we're going to have any time to do a section pre or a state preview. So make sure to go to SC times. I will have a big story coming out on Saturday with all everything you need to know regarding ticket purchases. The big thing this year is there is no tickets in person. Everything's online. So you must buy your ticket online um, before you go to the tournament that you can't use cash at the, at the actual event. So make sure to, Take a look at the SC Times because I'll have all that information as well as all the seedings um, as we get closer and all the things get released this past this upcoming weekend. Definitely. So, yeah, so keep an eye out for that, for all the info. Um, and when we speak again, we're going to have a lot more information um, on what those teams look like and probably how a lot of teams wrapped up their seasons or um, are going for a state title. So, uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. And we will see you again next time.